think I'm doing those eyes. <laughs> I think I'm in love. It was terrifying. The pain, the, the fear of being eaten. I was drowning at the same time. I just accepted that I was going to die. Was there a bit of fandom for you when it came on? Oh, you huge. And I did not try to hide. <laughs> did not try to hide at all. Out of the box with Serge Negus on FBI. Massive thanks to Alex Pye for the last few hours of tunes. If you missed anything she played, you can head to fbiradio.com to catch up on mornings or any other program on the station. Today I'm out of the box, though. I'm joined by a young Sydney-based filmmaker, Aislinn Lowe. She works at MTV as an editor and director, but she also recently presented a talk at Curvy, a platform for creative women to connect, share and learn with each other as part of Vivid Ideas. Aislinn, thanks for coming on the show. Hi, how are you going? Now, look, before we get stuck into the nitty-gritty of all these kind of cool things you've been up to, where did, where did you actually grow up? Because you're not from Sydney, are you? No, I grew up in Canberra. I moved to Sydney when I was 19. And why did you move to Sydney? I moved for uni. It kind of just also seemed like all of my friends were moving to Sydney at the time. Like, we almost didn't discuss it. It was just like, yeah, see you in Sydney. And was there a particular reason why you wanted to get out of Canberra? Like, was, was did you have a good life growing up in Canberra? Was it boring? Um, I feel like I had a good life. I'm quite introverted. So like what's boring to someone else I find interesting because I can like have time to think to myself. Um, <laughs> so what did you fill your time with then when you were in Canberra? Um, I guess I was just watching films. Like I had friends down there. It's the kind of place it's only good when you have a lot of friends that you can hang out with. Um, and then there's only one place you can go out. Um, so whenever Where's you go that? out, that's just like civic, the civic center. So it's not like there's heaps <laughs> of different neighborhoods. If you go out and people are out, you're going to see them there, which is kind of nice that it's like a small community in that way. So it was good. And I actually like having known a few people that have grown up in Canberra, it's pretty interesting because you don't think of Canberra as being a place that would nurture a creative hub, but it really does, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it really does. I think that people like, I guess, Maybe there's not heaps of stuff to do, so you do get more inclined to follow, like, any creative persuasions that you have. And it's also quite um, – I think there's a real encouraging vibe for being creative down there. Yeah. Why is, why is that, though? Why do, why do you think they encourage it so much? Like, I think the ANU Art School and also, like, the galleries down there kind of are one of the major things that there is to do. So, yeah, ANU Art School and the galleries are probably the major influences. So it's, like, either it's politics and government or arts. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and do you have, like, in terms of your friends that you, you grew up with there, do you have, like, the opposite side? Do you have friends that have just gone completely into the political world or the government side? Or have they just actually just gone, nah, I'm out of here? It's too much from growing up. No, I have a couple of people that I'm still friends with that have gone into that side of things. And they're doing awesome stuff as well. I caught up with um, those guys the other day. But most of my friends have gone, like, the creative route. And we all moved to Sydney at the same time to kind of pursue that. And what about when it comes to the kind of content that you want to make, like in, in terms of the fact that you were surrounded by this political world, has that had an influence on, I guess, the kind of content that you do want to make? Um, if anything, I think it made me want to go the opposite way. I just found that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I just found that kind of thing like that was what someone else was really passionate about and really wanted to do. And for me, I almost wanted to create like an escapism from that with my work, like having kind of an artistic or musical vibe to what I was making was important. That's fair enough. Totally understandable. Now, look, in terms of music, the first song they brought on for us, what is it? Um, so this song is actually XE2 by Missing No. This is one of my favourite artists. Um, so even though it's so kind of futuristic sounding now, it also has the samples of Tidra Moses and 
TI and R. Kelly, which are like such, <laughs> yeah. Such, nice, I like it. I know, I love those guys. They just remind me of like watching those kind of golden age music videos when I was young, like real Hype Williams type music videos. And just loving that, just loving that world when I was young. And again, that's kind of like a form of escapism, I guess.
You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus, and my guest today is filmmaker Aislinn Lowe. Now, the next song you've chosen for us today is Princess Nokia. Why have you brought this song on? Because there are a million reasons why you could have brought it on. Yeah, um, I love Princess Nokia for so many reasons. I think that everything she stands for, from like being female and standing up for kind of women being able to do everything that men can do, to also like not having a label and really like not being shy to put out her reasons for that in interviews, I think is such a great thing. Um, I just think that she's so intelligent and so iconic and she just like refuses to be overlooked by anyone. She'll just have such a good comeback and I think that's awesome. I mean, there's there's so many like young artists coming up like that these days. But I mean, something that I noticed though as well is, you know, there is something that's happening these days where I think brands are capitalizing on on young women doing awesome shit in the creative realm. I mean, you must face that a lot yourself as as a director. I mean, do you ever feel conflicted by that? Um, yeah, it's funny actually. We I I work at MTV as a director as well as doing freelance stuff. And we recently made something for H&M called um, Ladylike. It was two episodes where we kind of interviewed women that are challenging what it means to be ladylike. Um, so I guess that's kind of an example. Who of were they, like, by the way? Oh, we had um, Lauren Windsor. She's a tattoo artist. Nanami Cowdrey, Ainsley Hutchins. And um, who are the other ones? Olivia Suleiman and Ebony Bodu. She's actually an FBI. Of um, course. Yeah, yeah. We know her. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they were in that. And I guess that's a prime example of there being like a really positive message, but sometimes people feel funny about the idea of a brand being attached. Um, I kind of think that it's just like anything becoming trendy, you know what I mean? Where mm. if it was suddenly trendy and people were making money off not hitting someone with a car on the street or like not beating each other up, like it is kind of in one way bad that people are making money from it but at the same time I think that the more that you can get the positive sentiments out there like yeah that's the main thing really. Where do you draw the line though? Is there a line to be drawn? Well um, so at MTV sometimes there is briefs that come in there was recently something for gambling which there's actually myself and another director producer so for those kinds of things I prefer not to work on them and I'll say like can the other producer do that project because I would rather not maybe get involved with a project like that. And what about like for yourself in independently, like working on your own directing stuff, like say you approach to do some branded content, like is, is it different than when you're drawing a line? Like, because sometimes I guess like, say for example, if you were just a complete freelancer, you know, and you had these opportunities to direct these things to make a living, but then you're conflicted by the kind of content you were creating. Like, is that an issue for someone like yourself? Um, I think it would really depend on the brand. Like I would try to take it into account, but I think you have to as well kind of figure out where the line is for you. Like I wouldn't do something with a brand that had just done so many things that I viewed as wrong, but any brand can ever have done something wrong, like no matter where you look. So I, didn't, I wouldn't want to cut myself from every single thing, you know. Totally fair enough. Now, look, in terms of songs that you're going to choose from Princess Nokia, what's, what song are you going to chuck on for us today? This song, it's a bit of a full-on song. It's Katana. I think it's really awesome. Um, and I watched this music video as, a lot as a reference for the H&M thing that I made. Um, just the lyrics about, like, not caring what people think and doing whatever you want in life, I think, are so awesome. And I just think that's such a good message for women and for everyone in general.
out of the box on FBI 94.5. My name is Serge Negus and my guest today is filmmaker Hazelyn Lowe. Now, you didn't have the most typical of schooling, did you? No, I grew up in Canberra. So there we don't do year 11 and 12 like um, in the same school. You go to a different school for that. And I went to a kind of arts focused school called Narrabunda. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. I could study like analog photography, philosophy, art history as my HSC equivalent subjects, which I think is so good. And was that like a choice that you made or your parents sent you there? Um, A little bit of both, I guess. I think I made the choice. I don't think my parents really pushed me into it, but it does kind of achieve quite well, like compared to other schools. So I think my parents were happy for me to have made that choice, but it was like my own decision. And I mean, like in terms of like overall creative kind of works within school and creative subjects, I mean, like realistically, there probably isn't enough of it at most schools. I mean, do you think it's something that should be rolled out 
more broadly in terms of curriculums at schools? Yeah, definitely. I think for the enjoyment of the students, but as well as kind of future-proofing students, I think um, with everything getting more automated and the rise of technology and everything, I think that creativity is something that is hardest to be automated really. So by teaching kids those skills early on in life, it's really important to make sure that they're going to be able to have careers when they're older and they're not going to be able to be replaced by a machine. And like, I mean, what are some of the subjects? Because I know, like, for example, I, I was lucky I went to a public high school in the country and they had a dark room. Like, I mean, like, but then I came to the city and none of the schools that I saw or went to here had a dark room in them. I mean, like, even small things like that. I mean, like, did, were you, what were the small things that you got to do at that school that I guess, you know, some people may not get to do that we should all get to do? Yeah, um, there was so much. Like, yeah, working in a dark room was amazing. Just being able to focus on kind of, composition and lines from a young age before even bringing in like movement how I do with videos now or color even just being able to focus on those small details I think helped me to get into the creative fields Um, also philosophy like being able to write essays on critical realism from a young age I found that's really useful in that when I did end up going to uni there would be people kind of asking questions about these things which I felt like I already had a good grasp on from that education so I think for that reason, that form of education is really important. Totally fair enough. Now, look, uh, the next song you've got for us is a bit of a cracker. It's Jay Dillard. Tell us about this one. Yeah, this song I love. I'm a really big hip-hop fan, so I think I had to involve someone that was really involved in the early roots of hip-hop. Um, it also just reminds me of, like, driving around in between classes in those, like, year 11 and 12 in Canberra um, and just feeling really free and just listening to this and kind of, like, not having a care in the world, just being with my friends. Fair enough. Well, this is Jay Dilla featuring Guilty Simpson and Mad Lib. It's Baby. It's what you see. It's not hard to be Let's go. Baby. Turn it up. Baby. Live niggas, throw it up. Baby. It's the official. We got the bag for you. Go. You can kiss Guilty Simpson at a rave with babes. Packing a 38 snub and a razor blade. Shit in a major way. I beat your dog's ass like flavor flame. Thug niggas with guns beneath leathers. You know better, keep your bitch on tether. Niggas got snow like cold, cold weather. And big money clips, cause it fold don't better. Packing three cuties in the Hemi. I be running bowls like Luke in my Hemi. Before I hit it, gotta get the half of my Jimmy. I don't mean a pimp that hard, it's just Hemi. Got a sick flow, a couple of pistols. Stick Chick Coco from Cisco Saying they a meta We backstage in the bathroom She got a mouth like a vacuum uh, We them boys with the chains on the neck Hey, five minutes we untangling them It's MJ, make sure the name on the check JD in a turning lane with your ex Like Los Angeles In the Nazi scandalous Dick like big bread basket sandwiches Choke on that, we smoke on bats I put a hole through the horse on your polo hat And leave the shit Smoking where the logo at, and the witnesses won't tell the popo jack. That's how it is when we fuck shit up. Kill it, keep the holes horny and the blunts lit up. Feel it. Yup, real talk, y'all. I met this girl last night, she whispered in my ear like, Flow. The 
it's a disco when I ran Bisco. Feeling it with your Earl Flynn act. Tim, tell him where the sin at. That you're coming in fat. Tell me where your friends at. Can't go to the valet where the bins at. Let's be out. Riding high. Girls stop when they see the click. Riding by. On job. They ain't invited unless they gon' drop. And do it how I like it and make it go pop. If balls agree, we got weed. Skating through the area, moving at mock speed. Making moves is a must. Why bother doing it? If what y'all doing ain't about dollars. Girls always looking for me. My kids mama always looking for me. Stay looking good for me. You what? You gon' stick behind me. Damn girl, you always giving the third degree. You still my Always keep me up on my toes. Unless I'm out creeping or doze or sleeping with hoes. Still my baby. Cakes with cakes upon cakes. Keep a nigga spinning papes. Turn it up another notch. Yeah, that's how we doing it. Broadcasting. Live from WBBE. You know how we do it. We got a special guest in the house. He goes by the name of Dave New York. Dave, we talking about hip hop and radio. Dave, where you at with it? How do I feel about radio hip hop? I think it's whack. Most of the shit they play is straight garbage. 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 You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is filmmaker Aislinn Lowe. Now, you presented at this event on the weekend, Curvy. Now, first off, uh, you, the second guest I've had on recently that presented at this event, what, what is it? Because I haven't actually, I hadn't heard about it until this year. Um, yeah, so Curvy is both a conference and also a collective of artists. Um, the conference goes on once a year. This year I was at the Old Clare Hotel and it's women coming together from kind of different areas and creative disciplines and um, chatting about their work and what they think about the future and everything like that. And what were you discussing at the event? So mine was about the future of creative content. There was myself, someone from Purple Sneakers, Adobe, Facebook, all those kinds of brands. And I mean, like, what is the future of creative content? Um, well, I everyone had different ideas, I suppose, at the conference. But for me, I think it's about creating content that actually is really good. I think that um, audiences have really good lie detectors and bullshit detectors because of the saturation of the content industries nowadays. So I think that it's about something that can create an emotional connection with the audience. It seems like um, the audience is kind of ahead of brands at this point where brands are a little bit scared to go into certain territories, but the audience is already there and that's what they have the appetite for. So can you give us an example of the, that, that kind of content? Um, yeah, I think anything to do with real issues, like audiences want to see more of that. You can see it in the hits that those kind of videos get and the likes and the engagement, like that's where the audiences are, but a lot of brands are still kind of scared to tackle those subjects. So what are some of those subjects that you think are the ones that are getting those hits these days? Well, I'm creating something currently actually, um, with a couple of other influences or a couple of influences, I should say, um, about issues that women specifically face, things like body hair or no body hair or hormones or talking to female CEOs about whether they feel their gender has held them back in their career, these sorts of things. So I think that that is the sort of content that audiences are going to really like. um, And I hope that brands like it as well. Has your gender held you back in your career? Um, I think on a quite surface level and an initial level, when people first meet you, 
it's not just um, gender, it's also age, I think, can hold people back. But it's the sort of thing where people go, oh, like, what's this person doing here? And as they get used to you, maybe like meeting you a couple of times, they just kind of come to terms with it. And it's not a thing after that. But I think at that initial level, people are a bit like, oh, what? Yeah. Totally, totally. I mean, like, I know I've got friends in the in the industry that have struggled to, you know, as a director because they've got blonde hair and they're young, you know. It's like a big issue where people don't take you seriously. But, I mean, moving on to some other topics in that regards, like when it comes to, you know, new creative endeavours, I mean, there's like very much a DIY nature to creative realms these days where people can, I guess, be they've got more access to it and they can produce more themselves. Um, do you th- see that as a good thing? Yeah, I think that that's really great because I think it's just less barriers for entry, really. And so it opens up kind of um, video production specifically or photography or anything, actually, um, because of the advances in technology. Even something as simple as cameras are getting smaller and less heavy so people can get into that from a younger age or if they're women, like you don't have to be some gigantic strong man that's like the typical camera department guy to get into it now. And I think that opens up. Um, a lot more voices to be able to be creating in that space. And are you like in terms of, yeah, I guess like what you're seeing on the ground in your industry, like are you seeing more opportunities arise, I guess, like that you hadn't expected to come up? Like what are some of the groundbreaking areas that you think people are going to start getting movements into, especially with women actually, that, you know, maybe their industry, like you said, like being a cameraman, like it's not something that was into. What else do you think there is in terms of that frontier? Um, I think just in general user-generated content across all spheres, including video photography um, and visual art, like right now it feels like if the quality of your work is good, the audience is flocking towards it and then therefore brands need you more than you can sometimes need them. Um, So I think that that's kind of like a whole new space for people to get into where it's more about merit and it's not about necessarily who you know. And I mean, like in terms of how someone who maybe is a young creative like yourself and they want to break into it and they want to produce stuff themselves, what would you recommend to them? I would say make sure that you are constantly making stuff, even though it's hard. Like I'll often, like I'm working full time and then most nights I'll come home and be trying to work on side projects just to keep a fresh creative perspective. Um, Also, I think you need to recognize when you should take a step back from what you're doing. Um, I was working actually at Channel 7 before I was at MTV and I really wasn't enjoying it. It really jarred with my values. So I um, packed up and moved back home to Canberra for three months um, and I just put up my website, put up my LinkedIn profile, everything like that, just to try and take a chance and get my work out there. And from there, that's how I was able to be headhunted for MTV. So I was able to move to a company that aligns a bit more with my values. Um, And I just think that taking that step back was a bit of a risk, like moving home and everything, you feel like a failure, but it can help you come out um, as a better person in a better situation. So don't be afraid to throw yourself in the deep end for, you know, creative pursuits. Yeah, 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 exactly. Now, look, uh, we're going to play a track now that is, you know, I guess at the more commercial end of what we would standardly play here on FBI. And, I mean, God. Nicki Minaj featuring Drake, Moment for Life. Why have you brought this song on? (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, partially, well, I guess there's two reasons. I think it's really iconic and it has kind of like, it's a cheesy message, but it is a message about like savoring moments in life. But also because I think it's interesting how sometimes things can be considered good by people until they become popular. And I think that 
this is an example of something I didn't want or an artist that I didn't want to go, oh, now it's popular, I can't like it or anything like that. Um, I was into Nicki Minaj from like the mixta- the mixtape days. So I just want to keep supporting and not be swayed by that opinion that when something's popular, um, it's not good anymore. <laughs> Fly with the stars in the skies I am no longer trying to survive I believe that life is a prize But to live doesn't mean you're alive Don't worry about me and who I fire I get what I desire, it's my empire And yes, I call the shots, I am the umpire I sprinkle holy water upon the vampire In this very moment, I'm king In this very moment, I slay Goliath with a sling This very moment, I bring Put it on everything That I will retire with the ring And I will retire with the crown Yes, no, I'm not lucky, I'm blessed Yes, clap for the heavyweight champ Me, but I couldn't do it all alone We, young money raised me Grew up out in Paisley Southside Jamaica, Queens and it's crazy Cause I'm still hood, Hollywood couldn't change me Shout out to my haters, sorry that you couldn't phase me Ain't being cocky, we just vindicated Best believe that when we done this moment We'll be syndicated, I don't know This night just remind me of Everything they deprived me of your drinks up it's a celebration every time we link up we done did everything they could think of greatness is what we want to bring up I that i could have this moment for life for life for life in this moment i just feel so Drop down to your knees Your money the mafia That's where the love sees I'm in the Dominican Big Papi Ortiz Doing target practice All these bitches Just aiming to please Shout out to the CEO 500 degrees Shout out to the OVO Red wings and fatigues Ah, oh, niggas wanna be friends How coincidental This supposed to be y'all year We ain't get the memo A young king Pay me a gold 40 got a bunch of weed He ain't even roll These niggas be dropping songs They ain't even cold Weezy on top And that nigga ain't even home Yet yeah, be very afraid These other rappers getting bodied and carried away Fuck it, me and Nicky, Nick getting married today And all you bitches that be hating can catch a bouquet Ooh, yeah, you a star in my eyes You and all them white girls, party of five Are we drinking a little more? I can hardly decide I can't believe we really made it, I'm partly surprised I swear, damn, this one for the books, man I swear this shit is as fun as it looks, man I'm really trying to make it more than what it is Cause everybody dies, but not everybody lives this moment for life, for life, for life. In this moment, I just feel so alive, alive, alive. I wish that I could have this moment for life, for life, for life. This is my moment. This is my moment, I waited all my 
on FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is director Aislinn Lowe. Now, you've been involved in a little project at MTV, a little show called MTV It Girls. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So it's a show that was started a couple of years ago. Um, Basically, it focuses, it's short form content, focusing on female influencers um, and their lives. Yeah. And who are some of the people that you have on that, that show? We've had Chloe Morello, she's from Canberra as well. Sarah Ellen, she's like a fashion influencer. Um, Brittany Saunders, she's a YouTuber. Who else? God, I kind of forget. Too many to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the basic like premise of that? And like, what are you trying to achieve by doing that? Um, I guess that show is kind of about connecting audiences, a common demographic, um, which MTV has with the demographic that the influencer has to delve a bit more into their story. Okay. And what, like, I mean, like in you yourself, like uh, producing that, have you learned anything from that yourself? Have you got anything out of that? Yeah, I think it's been really awesome to meet all the girls that have been in it. And I think it's interesting noticing um, common threads amongst their stories of, um, it sounds cliched, but how they've kind of believed in themselves in periods when maybe other people didn't and then their audience kind of helped legitimize what they were doing and I mean like on that level like influences can be perceived in a quite a cynical manner by a lot of people I mean like are you cynical of it like what do you think of actually being a social media influencer I think it's really different now than what it was when a lot of these girls were becoming popular I think now when people are doing it it's often because they see the benefits that other influencers that have been around for longer are getting and they're getting it into it for that which I think becomes quite transparent whereas I think a lot of influencers that became popular a few years ago were just wanting to share things with the world I don't think that they were actually in it for the money and the you know trips and the hashtags I think that that kind of separates the legitimacy of people doing it and I mean like on that level like I mean like people just think that it's a very free and easy ride. I mean, but uh, are these women a lot more business calculated than people think they are? I think so. I think the best ones I've met have been so business calculated and they've been the most interesting that they'll want certain things in an interview and certain things in a um, picture. You know, that makes me actually respect them so much more than if they weren't as calculated about it because I think that shows real vision for where they're going. And I mean, like, as far as that is going now, I mean, like, you're saying that it's changed a lot in terms of the way people are going into it these days. I mean, what are the opportunities there? Like, can you actually make a a good living out of it? I think you definitely can make a good living out of it for now, but I am very curious to see how it goes in the future because it feels like at this point we've reached saturation. 
there's as many influences as there could be. I really wonder like whether the appetite for that is going to stick around. I think it will for the people that have a legitimate story to share and something really interesting to share with their followers. But I don't think that there's much money to be made for the future for people that are just you know, buying followers and buying likes, this sort of thing. Well, I mean, like on that note, like you talk about legitimate stories. I mean, like, is it not just in some ways glorified modeling, like where like it is banking on you being youthful and having good looks and doing cool things? Or is there like actually a side to which what people are attaching themselves is, is the actual authenticity that someone might bring to it? Yeah, I think that in some ways it could be seen as glorified modeling. But on the other hand, we have always had public figures um, and models for that matter, kind of being a nice face for a message to come across whether that message is the right message or not so it's not really like this whole idea of public figures and models is new I think that the fact that that's been around for such a long time shows that there is kind of a appetite for that whether it's just as entertainment or whatever it's for I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily fair enough now look getting back into the music Kanye West get him high and it's a remix what remix is this this is the Ratatat remix mm-hmm. of um, Get Em High, which I think actually is kind of funny to choose a remix of a Kanye song where it's only his vocals because he always talks about how he um, thought of himself as a rapper and everyone thought of him as a producer and that was like this big conundrum in his life. <laughs> so to like believe in him enough, which I'm a huge Kanye supporter, so to believe in him enough that he is a rapper, he doesn't need to like just be rapping on his own beats. I think that's kind of ironic. As, as a Kanye supporter, though, on that note, like, I mean, why are you a massive Kanye supporter? Um, I think that it's just he's always been really true to himself and what he believes. I feel like he hasn't been swayed by public opinion the same as other celebrities have been. Um, and you can just see him doing things that, like, make him nervous and everything like that, but he'll still do it if he feels like it's the right thing. Plus also his belief in himself. I think it kind of... The amount of backlash that he's had for that sort of illustrates how badly we view people that actually like themselves. Um, So I think that that's important that he keeps kind of fighting for that, that people should be proud to be themselves and like themselves. Fair enough.
on Black Planet B when they get bubbly at NYU, but she hailed from Kansas. Right now she just lamping, chilling on campus. Sent me a picture with a feeling on Candace. Who said her favorite rapper was the late Great Francis? W-A-I-T is getting late, mommy. Your screen saver say tweet, so you got to call me and bring a friend for my friend. His name Quali. You mean Talib, lyrics to your rib, I mean. That's my favorite CD that I play in my crib, I mean. You don't really know him, flash line. Your crush, she don't believe me, please pick up the line. She gon' think that I'm lying, just spit a couple of lines. And maybe I'll be able to give a dick all the time and get a high. Yeah. My name for picking up dimes, but never mind. Hit some tracks, you tryna pull tracks out. And my rhymes are spinning up low, you tryna blow backs out. Well, okay, twisting my arm, I'll sit with the charm. And yo, intro me, get to get that out from twitching my arm. out of the box on FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is Aislinn Lowe. Now, the next song you brought on, Burial, Come Down to Us, slash Hiders, is it? I, I've never even heard of this song. Um, yeah, so it's called Come Down to Us. It was on the same uh, release as Hiders. I wasn't sure which one I was going to pick. but <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah, but we'll go with um, Come Down to Us. This song I love, I think there's such an interesting vibe to a lot of Burial's music. Um, especially in the samples that he uses. This one has a lot of samples from like NASA interviews and kind of talking about aliens and stuff. So I think that's really cool. Um, When I was first listening to this song, I just imagined this whole film concept, which 
became my graduate film from my university degree. Um, and I just could listen to the song and hear the hear the samples and kind of see the vision so clearly in my mind. I was like, it feels like it's more of a movie than a song. So I find it really inspiring. Excuse me, I'm lost.
Don't be afraid to step into the unknown.
You've been listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today has been filmmaker Aislinn Lowe. We're now we're almost running out of time, so we've got probably one more track to play. But before we get into that, uh, yeah, what are you? What projects are you focused on at the moment independently? Um, right now, I am writing a film, which I'd also like to turn into an installation art exhibition. Um, I kind of want to balance that with doing some photography stuff, but those two things together with full-time work is probably most that I can balance right now. And can you give us a little bit of an insight into how that film and art installation would actually work? Um, Yeah, so I'd probably make the film first and then the art installation after that. It would be like a multi-channel immersive kind of room that you would walk into for the 
art installation, quite inspired by a Richard Moss um, exhibition I saw at the NGV, I think it was last year or possibly the year before. Um, yeah, so the film basically has these imagination surreal sequences in it, which I would be probably playing on loop on the screens in the art installation. Sounds epic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in terms of the themes that you want to address in that film, what, what sort of what are you going for with that? Well, it's a lot of themes of identity. I kind of want to question by showing the character's imagination contrasted with their mundane reality. I kind of want to question whether people's interior lives and their thoughts and dreams and everything actually perhaps shape who they are more than where they work or where they live or what they look like. The idea that the interior reality is possibly more important than the exterior. We'll have to wait for that one to come out. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Aza. It's been a pleasure having a chat to you. Now we're going to play Lil Silver featuring Rosie Lowe, no doubt. Big thanks to my producer, Georgia, and uh, coming up next will be lunch. I sing, don't let the doubt you've been Don't let them doubt what you've been working for. I say, don't let them doubt what you've been working for. I say, don't let them doubt what you've been searching for. I say, don't let them doubt what you've been working for.